I'm Charlene Yennerfeld, and you're listening to About That Outdoor Job. And I just, I just thought that was wrong. I just felt quite convinced that everybody should have this experience um, and this opportunity to um, get away from it all and escape but learn skills and, and be immersed in nature in, su- in such a way. This is Larissa Clark co-founder and director of Another World Adventures, an adventure travel company which he founded with Tory House back in 2012. Nothing yet everything seemed to predestine Larissa one day starting her own adventure company. Larissa, how did you find yourself founding an adventure travel company? Was it by chance or was it something you actually worked towards? I would say I worked my way there, but maybe not in a very organised fashion. Um, I've always enjoyed travelling uh, and for, for fun rather than for work. And I, and I would squeeze trips and sort of exciting outdoors experiences into my life as much as I could after from leaving school um, and through university. And, and whenever, I, whenever there was a chance, I would do that. Um, and... Um, I started, I suppose, getting more constructive in mixing those two things um, after uh, I took a job at the Environmental Justice Foundation, which is like some way in, somewhere into my career, I suppose, down the line that way. Um, and I started to marry the event concept with fundraising for environmental justice and, and human rights. Um, and that meant I got to sort of combine some of the things I really enjoyed, like long distance cycling and um, hiking or um, maybe to a lesser degree running, um, with, uh, you know, with good causes. And so I led a, and put together a portfolio of fundraising events. And, and that was fantastic and led, led teams of um, often women, but in some cases on the cycles, mi- mixed groups from London to Paris and, and all sorts of fun rides like that. Um, and so, um, and then after a career break of my own, I suppose, is when the big shift happened. In 2011, at the age of 30, Larissa took a sabbatical. She'd burnt herself out. She'd been working non-stop for five years, trying to raise awareness of environmental security and human rights issues and inspiring change at policy, industrial and consumer right levels. So I took a sabbatical um, and um, one of the things I really wanted to do was explore South America because I'd never been before. Um, but I, I knew and I'd found over the years that when I got to a coast, I flew. I always had to fly when I got to the next to get to the next place. Whereas overland, I'd done tons of overlanding journeys. Um, but yeah, I got to the coast and I flew. And I wasn't a sailor. And my previous experience of going on the water had been during a gap year in Australia when I got so violently sick on a on a boat tour of the. Um, of the Great Barrier Reef that I swore I'd never get on another boat again and, and, uh, and I'd needed a lot of convincing and, and had been a bit wobbly about it ever since. So um, I was always been a bit, mm, wasn't so sure about that bit, but then I decided to give it a go. And, and, but then the idea of how, like, well, how do I do that? I don't know how to sail. I don't have a boat. Well, even if I did, I, didn't know, I wouldn't be able to take it across. R- rowing isn't really my thing. Um, and, um, and, and I got, got a bit stuck. And it took months and months and months and months to work out how it w- would be that I could get across. Um, and I realised, you know, you sort of, everyone knows their own comfort zones and you start to know where the boundaries boundaries are and, the, and, and you, yeah, 
what you're prepared to do, what you need to be slightly pushed into and, and what you just think isn't, isn't right for you. And I knew that um, I knew that I didn't want to take a ferry across or, or, or jump on a cargo vessel or, or those things, a mail ship, which, which was a route that um, people had suggested. For some reason, that just didn't quite appeal to me. Um, and um, I knew that I didn't want to go and hang around the docks in Tenerife just to see who had a boat that I could hop on board and like do the washing up or, you know, like contribute some skills. Because at the end of the day, I, I didn't know that their boat was up to it. I, just because they owned the boat, I didn't know that they had ocean-going experience. Um, and, um, and it's a really alien environment to me. So I, I knew that I would be vulnerable in that um, in, in that experience. So I just, for me, that was just a bit of a step too far. Um, and then I finally came across this, this tall ship that was sailing. It was going to sail from Spain to Brazil. Um, and uh, they welcome like you know joe blog's general public to join them as hands-on training guest crew and you learn the ropes and they teach you everything you need to do whilst whilst you're underway and um i just thought it was absolutely amazing and i couldn't believe that they'd have you know have me come on board and you contribute towards the cost of your of you being there but um but it was leaving fairly imminently and you know bags were packed and um and i got myself to the canary islands and and left a month later uh, or so, well, somewhere in the middle, at about four o'clock in the morning, I was really having the time of my life. I mean, I, I couldn't believe this person that had been living inside me that wanted to go to sea this whole time that I didn't know even existed. I wasn't seasick once. Um, I, just, I just loved it. I loved everything about the pace. I loved everything about the learning. This whole, I had this book in my bag about um, to learn Portuguese so that when I got to Brazil, I could, you know, uh, order myself a a drink or whatever and um and I couldn't um I didn't open it once because I sort of had this language of the sea to get my head around and the the language of um of maritime and nautical world and stuff and I just was having the most incredible experience and going from a very intensive job in PR was constant the emails the binging the the, the alerts the interruption into the everyday um to just this space where I could think, I could reflect. I'd gone through um, quite some fa fairly heavy personal changes in circumstances within my relationship, and I needed um, I needed a digital detox. I needed a bit of a life detox, and 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 being at sea really offered that. And it was from there that I realised that I could combine my career, which had been in communication and PR and, and event organising and all these kind of things with uh, what I love doing, which was being outside and helping other people to be outside. And uh, Another World of Ventures was born from that. Tell me a little bit more about what triggered the idea for Another World Adventures. What aspect of the experience sailing this tall ship across the Atlantic actually made you take the leap? But the thing that was like kind of concerning to me was that less than half the bunks were full. And the boat was operating really under capacity. Um, and I just, I just thought that was wrong. I just felt quite convinced that everybody should have this experience um, and this opportunity to um, get away from it all and escape, but learn skills and and be immersed in nature in such in such a way. Um, and so, with my um, cabin mate Tori House, who was on board, uh, we talked about this um, sort of endlessly on the deck, and then and just said, well. Oh, surely it's going to be quite easy to do this something about it we'll, we'll help them raise awareness when we get to land 
Um, and everyone we spoke to when we got there, all the backpackers and the travelling community um, that we met were like, what, you came here on a boat? I totally would have done that if I'd known. And it felt like there was a gap then, and it was a communications gap between some amazing people that were offering this incredible um, service, if you like, or experience, whatever, and, um, and, and the kind of people that might seek or need it. And, and I realised then that that's where my skill set could intersect. Um, and Another World Adventures could, does, didn't need to be another tour operator because there was already amazing tour operators out there. But what was lacking was the ability for them to cut through the noise of sort of what I'd consider like the industrial travel agents uh, in, industry to, to get their voices heard to people that are looking for curious travellers, like independent travellers that are just looking to do something a little bit different um, with a really reputable group. And that's where we saw Another World Adventures could fill the gap. When Larissa speaks about the genesis of Another World Adventures, it's clear that her motivations were deeply rooted in wanting to help connect those seeking unique and transformative adventures and those providing them. In a sense, Another World Adventures is about, um, in a sense, serving individuals to realise these experiences or inspire these experiences and then helping them to, to, to go ahead and do it. Larissa's a passionate soul, but it had taken her down the route of a burnout already once. Having founded my own company, I know from personal experience, you don't count your hours, and it's a struggle to turn off. Larissa, when starting Another World Adventures, were you concerned about how much it would take out of you or that you would lose yourself in this new endeavor? One thing that when we created Another World Adventures, we were really keen to develop and grow a business that, um, that was uh, also fitted a lifestyle choice. And for me, that means, yeah, in the time that Another World Adventures has been a company, I've been based in uh, Liberia, Sierra Leone, uh, Vancouver, or, or Canada, West Coast Canada, the UK, and now Norway. Um, and I sort of feel that if I have got a Wi-Fi connection and a telephone line and the opportunity to meet up with suppliers if they're close to the region where I am, then, um, then it means that, that I can exist and so I can, we can sort of, I can marry my own sort of lifestyle and outdoors interests with, with that. After the first couple of years, we realised that August wasn't really a time when we got many inquiries um, through the company because people were generally on their summer holidays and so naturally they were busy having fun and they weren't looking for fun at that stage. And so um, Tori and I decided it was a good, good time for us to have our own holiday and we went um, and we were sailing in uh, in Canada and we actually did this amazing horse riding trip and then we were sailing and it turned into by chance it was the bu busiest month we've ever had um, only we were in <laughs> we were really remote with terrible phone connection dealing with people wanting to undertake these amazing things and at one point I'll, I'll really remember I was halfway up a mast of a sailboat 
with my phone trying to get an email to send like having uh, Duncan my husband um I was like turn the boat around no there was signal back there and we were trying to like go back up the sort of in that I was like no back that way <laughs> trying to get this out and like got all the information I've got all the papers off and everything and, and it was for a guy who's, who was booking a transatlantic journey it all got booked it all got it all went through and off he went on this life-changing trip but that was important for us so whilst there is a, quite a lot of administration and that's the nature of it um dealing with social media dealing with the clients and all that sort of stuff um i like to think that i can get my fix my outdoors fix as well uh wherever i make my office that day or that week and now 10 years on have you been able to protect that lifestyle balance absolutely and um that that works really well f for me um and we really toyed, you know, should we be running our own trips and taking people out and, and, and guiding, even like mini experiences and, and mini things like that. But um, this seems to work quite well because we're able to support the people who are doing that, uh, making that, that guide, whether it's the guiding or whatever, um, in a way that, again, we, we use our skill set to, to support their work. But, we get, but it's imp really important to me that that's then balanced. Um, in the best way, you know, in the best way through our own experiences as well. Um, and that's been a very deliberate develop way the business has grown and developed. Um, similar or, or organisations working in a similar space, I could, I could say, or companies in the adventure travel space that were founded around the same time of us, as us have grown to be commercially bigger companies um, and are sort of glossier and shinier for it I suppose but they've come burdened with serious investment pressures and and I and I've and I've watched and I've witnessed the challenge that Covid has then had on those on the on these sort of venture travel companies that um, come in with all this seed funding money and they inflate really quickly um, and and it was brutal and it was brutal for them it was brutal for their suppliers and it was brutal for the people that were booked through them and so we, we've taken a bit more of a slow and steady <laughs> approach, um, but that was, I, yeah, that was a, a choice to, ma to marry lifestyle um, and life vibes, I suppose, with, with a business. And what if changing lifestyle needs? Larissa's now a mom to two children, a five and a half and a three and a half year old. Perhaps the freedom to travel and work from anywhere isn't as appealing. How did becoming a mom impact your way of working? My son was born first, and so I was. We those were the, in the earlier days of the company where we were doing all the trips, we were meeting all the suppliers, we were um, traveling quite a lot, and 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 getting experience, experiencing their experiences and all this kind of stuff. And um, I remember. Um, thinking this baby's not going to stop me I, I'm still you know this baby's going to just plug into my life and, uh, and 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 having very much that was the um, idea that I had about it um, and you know to the point where at, um, at seven months I think I was seven months pregnant and I was standing on the ice caps in Greenland on a hike on a on a unsupported you know self-supported whatever um, multi-day camping and hiking thing and it was to the point where sort of my ignorance wasn't that blissful actually in the sense that before I'd left I'd sort of tried on my hiking trousers and was like oh they'll be fine a couple of weeks before and then arrived and like 
put my hiking trousers on and was like, oh dear. And the like, button didn't get anywhere near the buttonhole. And I had to like fashion this very uh, ugly s sort of situation where I just, this gaping great thing where my fly was. I had to like tuck in my t-shirt so people didn't see my pants. And, um, and then even just like trying to carry my rucksack and all this stuff. Um, but, but, I, but I was proud of myself for, for doing it and, and still enjoying it and whatnot. And, um, and I would say that, yes, of course, kids do change and shape your, your priorities. They do change and shape um, your uh, abilities to do things, whether it's a cost uh, th thing or whatever. Um, but it's an attitude. Uh, like everything, it's about attitude. And um, I also believe in tra travel as such an important educator, which was something that I learned from my grandfather. And, um, and so we have taken them and done loads of cool stuff with them. And now it's just different. Um, we, we do all kinds of stuff, camping and sailing. We go bike rides. You know, they've been chucked in the back on bike, bike seats and strapped on and, um, and all those kind of things. Um, and it's fun in a completely, different, a completely different way. Larissa's passion is unmistakable. But what keeps feeding it? I really, really love it when, when I nail it, connecting somebody with a trip that I, that, that not I know, but that turns out to be a, a life-changing experience for them, like genuinely, and it sounds a bit naff and a bit cliched, but like you know when it's happened, and, um, and it feels really good. It feels really good, and it, it takes me all the way back to that moment when we were there at, at 4 a.m., sort of in the dark, in the middle of the ocean, saying, people need to experience this. This would, this would mean a lot to a lot of people. And, and um, when I know that that's actually happened, it, it's just a really good buzz, actually. And though Larissa finds her job exciting and she's passionate about what she does, she's also open about the challenges she faces, one of which is making it financially. I'd probably make more money if I went to the city, you know, and did a nine-to-five corporate job. Not probably. I could take probably out of that. Um, but uh, so it's um, financially, it is, um, you've got to be creative in the way you go about making a travel business financially successful because it's not um, straightforward. There's a lot of financial risk involved, um, and there's not always great margins. And so um, making it financially successful is probably also a challenge for anyone looking to set up their own project. Unless you go and get a lot of investment and then you're, then you're taking on a different kind of challenge. So, yeah. And that's not the only business facet that brings challenges. From a marketing perspective, it's a bit of a nightmare because um, unlike maybe a more traditional product where you can think, this kind of person of this gender and this age who lives in this place and has this much money might like my product. And then, you know, off you go and you create your adverts and you do all this kind of stuff. It's quite hard to know that, like, to identify who those people are that harbour an ambition to summit a, mount, a particular mountain or um, to travel from A to B um, on a motorbike or, you know, that, that these... Um, these moments in life, these great journeys, these slow travel journeys, which are quite a big piece of, of, um, of the Another World Adventures offer, if you like, or um, curation of trips. Um, 
trying to identify who those people are is actually um, a bit of a challenge. And, and also, I completely love it because, because you have to really just start understanding people's motivations and, um, and really understanding who they are and, and what they're looking for and why and what inspires them and what, what inspired them before. But then why, why, um, why now is the moment they're ready to do that thing? And so it might be that they read a book when they were 12 and they've always wanted to go deep into the jungle of, uh, of a place. But why is it now when they're 37 or they're 52? Or, or why is it that's the moment that it's the right time to go and do it? That's really interesting to me. I have to ask you, Larissa, have you come across challenges due to your gender? I mean, the adventure travel sector is still largely dominated by men. And coming across an adventure travel company not only founded but run by women, I would assume that's still novel for a lot of your providers. Um, I grew up uh, as one of three sisters in a family that was headed by my mum. And my dad died when I was 13. And so my mum very much uh, was the matriarch of the household. And all our cats were girls even. You know, I don't know. Like, we had one, one cat that was a boy. Um, and so I grew up in a very, um, in, under a very empowered um, mother figure um, who always uh, really instilled in us um, equality and fairness and that those, those things don't always come without a bit of a fight. Um, and so I, um, I don't know, I, you know, like everybody, all women I'm sure that there have been times when I haven't been chosen or there have been moments when I haven't been compensated in the same way because of my gender but I, I, I don't really carry um, too much awareness of them and I might just be because when I've seen something I want um, to try and make happen I just really go for it and will approach it from 50 different angles to, to try and achieve that um, but, but on the other hand, I, I am also really aware that um, to have an adventure travel company that's like founded and run by women isn't a usual thing, and it is it's noted and it's acknowledged and it's and it's been discussed and raised, and maybe less now than at the beginning, but it was definitely commented on regularly, and um, uh, we yeah that that was something that was acknowledged by others by our suppliers. Part of the mission of the series Women in Outdoor Jobs is to share the stories and experiences of women like Larissa who successfully made the outdoors their living so that women who want to achieve that for themselves can benefit from their learnings and advice. This is what Larissa would say to you if you're considering running an adventure travel company. You've got to be really adaptable. You know, it, there's been a huge amount of firefighting over the last two years, but, but, it's, um, but it's not just because of COVID, you know, um, there are uh, there are health crises and battles or wars raging all over the world all the time, and um, needing to move and adapt to them uh, is constant. So it's sort of I do feel like yes, COVID has been an extremely marked moment in the travel sector, um, 
but but there's there are things happening all the time. Remember when the volcano in Iceland sort of grounded planes in Europe for for two months, for two days, and at the time everyone thought that was the worst thing ever to imagine that people couldn't f- travel by flight for two days, um, or when uh, viruses like Zika um, sort of tore through Central uh, Central and, and South America and all the Caribbean islands um, and absolutely derailed. Uh, beyond the obvious, beyond the health implications of it, but from a, from a commercial perspective, just derailed the industry there in a catastrophic way. Um, and we don't need to, you know, very present in our minds right now is war. And so these are factors that impact on the uh, the lives of people uh, around the world and the global travel industry all the time. And so you need to be um, eyes wide open to that. Uh, and 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 I feel, um, yeah, you sort of that. There's that balance of um, putting all your eggs in one basket with a destination or a style of trip or anything like that, versus having a bit more of a diversified um, offering, so that you can try and adapt and, and and move people into alternative things rather than just go under, which is the challenge. I, I've sort of got this slightly cheesy thing I say, which is experience is everything. So. I really think don't just sit around trying to like you know don't sit around just like on the computer all day long trying to applying for all this kind of stuff I think get out there and speak to people and meet people because that that is such an important way to to discover new things to to learn about doors that are opening that you didn't even know were there in the first place so you know LinkedIn's all great but like real person LinkedIn is way better like way better there are even the relationships of people on LinkedIn that I have, the ones that are, are there because I, I actually knew them and they're a real person that I have a real relationship with and then we like connected on LinkedIn versus people who I've been connected, you know, with and then like get out and meet people and then generate your own luck. And um, somebody once said to me, uh, an employer once said to me, um, I, I, I commented, oh, I'm really lucky that I, I'm really lucky I got this job actually. And he said, you're not lucky, you generated the luck to be here. And that um, really meant, I, I hadn't thought about it like that. I just thought there was a series of lucky coincidences that had meant I had ended up in this particular role. But if you were to analyse them, I'd sort of made all of them happen, you know, and one had led to another. And so, like, get out there, talk to people, meet people, get yourself experiences and then generate your own luck. A big thank you to Larissa Clark for taking the time to talk with me. You can find Larissa on Instagram at anotherworldadventures and anotherworldadventures.com. Other resources are listed in our show notes. Thank you for listening. You can find About That Outdoor Job on Instagram, our website, and a number of podcast listening platforms. You can support our new podcasts by subscribing and leaving us a review. A review makes our podcast more visible so others can discover it as well. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Charlene Janerfeldt.